Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this football Friday night leading into Wild Card Weekend. And we will find out in a matter of a day, two days, three days, you know, in the next three days, who the Eagles will play next week here in Philadelphia. And it's easy for me. I don't really believe the Seahawks have much of a chance. Uh, I don't think the Giants are going to do as well as, as seemingly everyone does. I mean, that's they've become the popular upset pick of this weekend. I'm not really buying it. They're just as average or mediocre as the uh, the Vikings, and the Vikings are at home. I think this is coming down to the Bucks and the Cowboys Monday night, and it's easy for me. Give me the Cowboys. I want Jerry Jones in here. I want the shots of him up in the box, you know, just kind of slithering around as the Eagles go up in that game. I want to see Mike McCarthy look dumbfounded on the sideline as he usually does in big games. I want to see Dak Prescott turn the football over, and I want that team here next weekend. I want to beat the Cowboys. 215-592-9494. Do you want to, you want to play the Cowboys? I mean, they are the, for me, easiest and best option for next weekend. Like, are they a good team? Yeah. Do I fear, really fear any of these teams? No. So let's beat the team that has a quarterback that keeps turning the ball over, a coach that has never shown me knows what he's doing in a big game, and a team I just would like to beat. And we can avoid Tom Brady. I want to see the Dallas Cowboys. 215-592-9494. We'll call him. We'll get to explicit history. Um, and I'm, you know, here's what I want to bring up as well. I'm watching to see what happens over the next few days, weeks, or week or so with Lane Johnson. It's what to watch for sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network. So Lane back at practice today. Some interesting stuff here from Lane. Uh, we'll hear from him here in the locker room, and then we'll let you hear what he had to say to um, Pat McAfee today. But Lane, it, it sounds as good as you could maybe have hoped. So here's Lane Johnson on not feeling that much pain right now uh, out of practice, which is an incredible sign for the Eagles. Oh uh, yeah, the rest definitely helped, but it's all uh, it's all about the rehab process, how you attack that. Uh, so I've been, been doing that the past three weeks, and today, going out there and not feeling a whole lot of pain was, was good, so it's, it's encouraging for me, so it gives me a lot more confidence going to next week. Well, the confidence, if he's confident and they're confident, it's going to change their entire offense. So how about will anything be different? Will he play different? Will, will it kind of change the way he plays? What does he expect when he gets out there? Here's Lane Johnson on what he expects when he gets back in the field next weekend. I don't know, man. I think you limit the pain where you can move around and you're not really feeling it. Um, I think performance can be, you know, hopefully good. I mean, that's my goal is to go out there and play well. Uh, but yeah, like I was telling him, it's, this is one of the injuries that, you know, once you have it, it's like an eight, eight-week recovery, so a couple months. But yeah, it's all been done before. A lot of players have, have had it and uh, have overcome it. So just ready to go. Uh, today was a good day for me. I've done a practice field. I just want to keep progressing uh, next week and then get ready for Sunday. That's my goal. So it's interesting, he said, many players have had it and overcome it. Now, a couple nights ago, we played for you the, the Lane Johnson wrestling bit when he had the, the, the belt and he talked about um, how kind of upset he was that his MRI results got out there. And not only did they get out there, they were false. So, so we thought he had, what, a torn abductor muscle? That's what we've heard the that last— That is what he has. Excuse me. That we've, so, but we were told what? Originally, we were told a core muscle injury, like right. a hernia. And those, and I've mentioned before that I had like, I, and I don't know what I had. I, mean, I probably had something pretty minor. I'm, I'm, I'm not very tough. But I had some sort of, uh, I had some sort of core muscle pull that, I mean, bothered me for a year. I mean, it's, it, and I don't really know if it's ever truly gone away. It's just like every couple of weeks I do something, and I feel it. But for like a month, 
it was bad about a year ago. And so I, I kept saying on the show, like, it, that hurt to do anything. How is this guy going to play right tackle in a playoff game? But that's not actually what he has. So here's Lane today on Pat McAfee's show talking about he's playing next week and, and really saying what he has here. Are you practicing full speed right now with that abdomen? Everybody's expecting you to come back next week. Is that real or no? What's going on? See, what's funny is that I did. It wasn't. It wasn't my gut. I tore my uh, groin, so my adductor. So, so like before adductor. I got out of my before I got out of my MRI, it was like already tweeted out. I'm like, how the hell did they tweet this out? And it's wrong. And <laughs> but uh, no, I felt good today. Like just movement stuff. Next week I'll do you know good on good. So I'll find out next week. Uh, but I'm confident I'll be able to play. So it's your groin. It's not your ab- abdomen. We would rather abdomen than groin, I think, right? Personally, uh, groin rather than like a core, like hernia surgery. That'd be that'd be worse than this. Okay, so, so groin Nick, better. Think, We're good with this. Groin's better. Yeah, good. Bo- Bosa had this last year. Nick had this, and then got it fixed. I think it's like a two month recovery. So after the surgery, so it won't be too bad. Where are we at right now with you? Six five. Uh, yeah, we haven't had the surgery yet, but I feel uh, I'll get after the season. So you're playing next week, or what do we think? Uh, I'm, I'm playing. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> Let's go! Oh, yeah, what a dog, dude. Yeah. What is it? Wrap this thing up and see what happens. Wrap this thing up and see what happens. I mean, as if there was any doubt he was going to try to play. I mean, he's, he's going to start next week. One of the toughest players out there. But that's interesting. That actually gives me – I mean, none of this is great, right? Torn groin, you know, must, core muscle. It's all painful, I'm sure. But I do feel better about this, like that maybe he can get through this and play, and the time off has obviously helped him. Because if it was core muscle, I brought up to Sean Jackson. He tried to rehab. He came back. He was gone in three plays. I think there's a better chance he could play through the latter stages of recovery from a groin injury. I agree. I think it is a positive um... development. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. There we go. But it is, right? And I I also would counter, though, do you expect Lane Johnson to say anything else? No. Right? Like, obviously, he's been upset about this this tweet about it being a core muscle injury for a few days now because we played it the other night. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't be sh- – I was not really shocked when he came out and said, I'm playing. I feel fine. Not much pain today. Of course he is. I also saw a quote today where he said – like, they asked about the plan, right? Because his rehab plan, is he going to practice in full? He said next Thursday – he he expects to be like be a full participant and go through every play like as you know, to get ready for the game. That's encouraging, right? That he's not going to stand off to the side all week and then try, just try to block Micah Parsons next weekend. Like he's planning to practice in full. That's a big deal. I, I hope that's true. Do you expect him to be anything above questionable? Though, no, probably not. I, it feels kind of hurtsish. Like I could see him being limited on Wednesday, full by the end of the week, but, but questionable heading into the weekend. And there's no doubt in my mind he's taking the field when they play next 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 weekend. No doubt. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phone lines here. Mike is up on WIP. Hey, Mike. Hey. Hey, Mike. Yeah, real quick. It's just I'm, I'm orthopedics. That's what I do for a living. But, like, like Lane Johnson, that's awful. Like, you don't know how that's going to go. But when you talk about Jalen, mm-hmm. like, if they really, really needed him to play, and he really needed to play, he's not putting it at risk for his shoulder if they numbed the area prior to the game because the structurally, the damage had already been done. It's healing. If he falls on that shoulder again, it would have happened whether he numbed it or not. But if you numb it, he don't feel it. So 
Mike, what's your perspective on him just getting hit? Like, not falling on it, but getting hit, tackled, running. And do you think that could damage it more? Or is it, or does it have to be like a certain way when he's driven into the ground again? Uh, the second thing, he has to be driven in a certain way. All I'm saying is, he might hurt if you don't numb it. It will hurt. Like when he throws, it might hurt a little bit. What degree? I don't know what the, the degree of the injury. So the only way the injury gets worse is if you fall directly on it the same way. And then because it was numb, or you're playing because it was numb, then you hurt it further. But in general, if it's like I swear, like everybody thinks that cortisone is what people do with those injections. They don't. They do numbing medication. Numbing medication can last six hours. So if he has that in there and he plays, he won't feel anything. And he can do the same thing he always does. And the only risk he has if he falls on it and hurts it. But it would have happened even if he didn't get numb. Right, so it's, it's one of those things where he, until after the game, he won't even know about it, mostly, right? Then, then, then the pain will yeah. set in, yeah. Okay, and that's kind of the way it was, it seems, in Chicago when it originally happened here. That, that's interesting. Mike, you want to play Explicit History? What's that? Let's play some Explicit History, all right? You ready? Oh, my God, I'm out. Okay. Oh, you get it, Mike. I, I have faith in you, Mike. I, um, I do orthopedics. I work too hard, so uh, you, You'll get this. Here we go. We'll give you a highlight for the 2017 run. You tell us whose name's leaped out. Here we go. Brady under center, first and 10, ball on his own 36, on first down he's back, he pumps, he's going deep for who's open at the 40, runs in a circle and is flat at the 40-yard line of the Eagles, again, pushed wide open. Yeah, he may be done for today, because when he hit the ground, he hasn't moved yet. Who may, who, who got knocked out of that game, Mike? Oh, 2017? Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Uh, God, I watched the whole game, so I'm, I apologize. Count it down I, here. I worked too hard. Ten, nine, eight. Give us a name. Seven, oh, yeah, you six, won. You won. Five. I don't want to win. I want four, you to win, Mike. Three, two, <laughs> one. Oh, the jolly countdown. Um, that was a big, an underrated play in that game. I mean, I mean, the Patriots scored thirty-three without that guy. So I mean. It, it, they obviously moved the football <clears throat> excuse me, pretty well without that guy in, in their receiving court. But that was a big moment in that game. And there were so many of those moments there. So that's interesting. So our last caller is an orthopedic, uh, and he, he gave us that perspective on it. Here is my question, though, about a quarterback getting a – and I, I didn't ask Mike because I, I think this is kind of more of a football question that I, I, I guess only quarterbacks would know the answer to. I wonder if a quarterback – like Jalen, could get a cortisone shot or whatever we want to – I mean, Toradol, I know, is something that drug they use in the past, whatever, like the numbing medication. Do you think he could throw the ball with the proper touch if he is numbed? Like, it will obviously help him not feel pain, and that's good. But isn't so much of quarterback play, especially, you know, downfield passing, isn't it touch? Don't you have to feel – the, how you throw the ball, or is it just muscle memory? Like, I wonder if he's numb in his shoulder and it helps him play next weekend and not feel it. Can he throw the ball with the proper touch down the field because he can't feel his arm? You ever, like, walk on a uh, – when your leg falls asleep, you can't feel it. Or like if you go to the dentist and they put Novocaine in your mouth and you just drool for, like, six hours? Yeah, I don't want Jalen drooling out there is my point. Yeah, that would be an issue. I wonder if that is an issue. I, I wonder if – Drool? Well, no, the, the, the touch on the ball. Uh, I guess the last one was Garoppolo last um, – Last postseason had a sprained shoulder. I wonder if – I mean, I don't know the answer if they, they gave him numbing medication or not and all that. But I think that would 
Like that's the one downside to the numbing medication. The other, the good side is he's going to play and, and he's not going to feel it. And he's going to go out there and, and do his thing, which I expect. But I do wonder if the numbing medication would change the way he throws the ball, how he feels it coming out of his hand. If he's got to put touch, he's got to throw it over a linebacker's head. Can, can he kind of know just by memory, muscle memory, how to do it, or you got to feel it? I don't know the answer to that. Ricky is up on WIP. What's up, Ricky? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Ricky, what are you thinking um, about? What's on your mind? So, like I told you before, we spoke in, in the past again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I want to beat Tom Brady. Like, that's who I want. I always want Tom Brady. When they said that Hurts doesn't know how to read defenses, I want him to destroy the Bucks. right? Now, mind you, I, I do not like Dallas. I want, I want Dallas, too. Let's play them both. I don't really care. Like, I'm all about beating both of them. What's your opinion on that? Well, I would love beating both of them. And, and I, I do like your perspective, Ricky, like to get back at the Bucks for last year to show just how much Jalen has grown. Because those defensive players, Ricky, they, they basically disrespected him on that clip that we all saw when they said he couldn't read defenses. I mean, I, I would love to see how much he's grown in the last year and him to torch them. That would be fun, too. Exactly, exactly. And being at that game, I saw how, how bad he played. So I want, I want that redemption for him. I want that for him. Yeah, That's you know what? what? I Deep down, I, I, Ricky, I wonder if he wants it too. I, I bet he does. I bet he wants a crack I'm at those sure he guys. Does. Yeah, That's on his bucket list. Yeah, they beat him twice Absolutely. last year. So, I, Ricky, I could see that. Ricky, um, let's play some explicit history here. You ready? Let's go. All right, here we go. 2017 postseason. We'll give you a highlight. You tell us the name bleeped out. We're going to go back to the title game because so now I'm all back into sorts. All right, we are back to the NFC title game. Here we go, Ricky. Back goes right. Foles. Foles steps up. He is looking. He is going deep. And alone, and in for the touchdown is was open at the five, and Nick Foles hit him for a 53-yard touchdown. It's the protection. Who made that catch down the field, Ricky? Ah, oh, I like to say Alshon Jeffries. Oh, you got it. Yes, Alshon. The route started to be put on there. It's amazing. Every time I look back. I, the numbers almost look fake, the Nick Foles stats in that game in the Super Bowl. I mean, it looks like, yeah, oh, yeah Nick Foles did that. He had th- that kind of game, back-to-back games. And, you know, obviously the impressive thing he did against the Patriots, it's against Bill Belichick in New England, like that that will stand the test of time. But I think we will forget how good that Minnesota defense was. It, it's I'm not quite sure if they were as highly touted as this 49ers defense, but it was, it was kind of similar. I think they were – the, by far the best on third down in the league. They had a good pass rush. They were they were really good. Yeah, they're number one in points allowed, number one in yards allowed, uh, number one third down defense at twenty five percent. It is kind of similar to this year's Niners defense. The rankings, right? Number one, number one points allowed. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of Hurts on a sprained shoulder. Now Hurts is more talented than Foles, but like if Hurts struggles next week and they win, but it's like it's choppy, and then he goes out there and just torches the Niners defense. Yeah, I think the one thing we talk about that, uh, or we don't talk about, that's forgotten about that 2017 run is how good that team was at getting points heading into the half, right? We, oh, we yeah. mentioned that that played Jeffrey to set up the field goal by Elliott to end the first half in the division game. They put 10 points on Minnesota in the final minute of the first half in the conference championship. And then, of course, they had the Philly special at the end of the first half of the Super Bowl. Their ability to kind of take that momentum into halftime really contributed to their success. Well, and and they were doing what they do now then. They would often defer to the second half 
to, to get the kickoff after the halftime. So it would almost be a double whammy. that They would kick you in the teeth before the half, and then they get the ball coming out of the half. Even if they didn't score, they had the ball. So, like, it just it, – it, it did um, – Mike Lombardi talks about that a lot. He talks about like that the four minutes on each side of the half and how games are sometimes won around there. That team was was incredible at that. They they really were. Matt is in Montgomeryville. Hey Matt. Hey, what's going on, guys? How what's are up, you, Matt? Good, man. What are you thinking? Um, I think a key thing to this playoff run is Lane Johnson's health. Like if, if we get hit, like he, I think the whole thing with Driscoll on the line, it's you can see the pass rush how completely different it is when Lane Johnson's on the field. I think, like, if getting him back and getting him healthy is huge to this run. Matt, I agree with you. Um, I think the drop-off to Driscoll is it's significant. It's and, substantial. Yeah, you know, it's, that's a, it's a good word. It's substantial. And especially when we're going into next week with a quarterback that obviously still is banged up here, like the, the less pressure on Jalen Hurts, the better. So he doesn't have to worry about getting his shoulder slammed to the ground. And, and Matt, the, over the years, I mean, we've all seen the stats. When Lane Johnson plays, they win. When he doesn't, they don't. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Another another quick point is I couldn't agree more. I think the Giants are mediocre, and I do not think they're winning against the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings are. I think the Vikings are so much better than. I mean, obviously I'm an Eagles fan, but I think the Vikings are so much better than people think. I think they're going to kill the Giants in that game. I don't think it's going to be as close as people think it is. I think the Giants are a mediocre team. Yeah, after all this time, I mean, it's just crazy. Everyone's talked themselves into the Giants this week, Matt. Plus, it's Jones's first playoff game. Cousins, at least, has yeah, done I this know. a few times. So. Cousins has been there, so yep. I think I think I think they're going to take care of business after uh, after everything's said and done. Yeah, and they have more weapons. I mean, Jefferson and the Giants' yep, weapons kind of stink. Yeah, yeah I, yep. I I think Minnesota, if they can block enough, they're going to find a way to win that game. Yep. Uh, who do you want? You want Dallas here next week or Tampa? I want Tampa. I, I want I want Hurts to go out there. You know, shut up all the Tampa Bay people. I think. Hurts kind of last year, he was kind of nagging that ankle injury. So I don't think he played 100% last year in that game. Um, I, I want to play Brady again, just spoil Brady's career again like we did in that Super Bowl. I want to play Brady. Yeah, well, listen, if they either way it would be sweet. I, I want to beat Dallas, but either way it's sweet. Matt, let's play. I know, I do too. Either yeah. or. I'll yeah. take either either or. Yeah, it would be a great win either way to get to the tie game. Matt, let's play some explicit history. We'll give you a highlight from the 2017 run. You tell us the name. You ready? Yep, let's go. All right, here we go. They come right back. It's a flea flicker. Back to Foles. He's going deep down the far side of the field. And it is caught. Touchdown. 41 yards. It's about to get turned up in here. Matt, who made that catch in the flea flicker? Corey Smith. Oh, you nailed it. Yes. And that was, and Matt appreciated me. That was kind of when, I mean, there were a lot of moments in that game where you realize it was going their way. I kind of realized the Vikings were dead when Torrey Smith made that catch. What what was the what what score was that at that point? That made it thirty one seven with ten minutes to go in the third. Yeah, so twenty four seven when that drive began. The game isn't over, right? It's three scores with you know a good amount of time to go. It's not it's not over. I mean, the, obviously the Eagles are are in a good spot up twenty four to seven, but that play kind of ended it, and it just didn't feel like and and Foles played like this at times. Didn't it feel like he he was on one of those heaters? It was like oh. It's one of those Nick Foles games, like watching a, a shooter in basketball, and he's made a seven three of the game. You're like, oh, he's ha- he's having one of those games. That was it. That's when I knew it was over. You know what's crazy is you kind of look at the way that game went. It was fourteen seven before that Jeffrey touchdown with only a couple minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Then they do that. They get a, a fumble recovery, kick a field goal with thirty seconds to go in the half, get the ball in the second half, another touchdown. I mean, before the Vikings can even breathe, 
the Eagles open up a 27-point lead or a 24-point lead? Yeah, it, it, to use another basketball analogy, it's like a team just goes on a 15-0 run. It's just like, what just happened here? I mean, this game is just all of a sudden over. That's the way that felt when he hit uh, Tory Spit down the sideline. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard here on this Friday night. Yes. We have ourselves wild card weekend, and we're going to find out who the Eagles are playing. I want the Cowboys. That if I could choose my matchup, Cowboys, Bucks, and I don't really take the Giants or, or Seahawks very seriously, but even them, I'm choosing the Dallas Cowboys. I want them here next weekend. I want to beat McCarthy and Dak. And this season, for as great as it's been, it has lacked some sizzle. There haven't been many of those games where we get all amped up, stars on both sides, and the Eagles deliver. They could deliver against the Cowboys. The knockout punch of their season. I want the Cowboys. Are you with me? 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We'll come back. Your phone calls. And today we saw something kind of interesting out there. Maybe, possibly alluding to Jalen Hurts' future contract. We'll hit that coming up. Your phone calls. Explicit history on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard here. Top of the hour, 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated about Wild Card Weekend and his thoughts on the Eagles as we enter the postseason here with them as slight favorites, kind of co-favorites with the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk to Connor coming up at 8. NFL picks, guess the takes. And we'll put together a same-game parlay for the weekend. I don't know what game. Maybe Chargers and Jags, the uh, the Doug Peterson game. We'll come up with a game and throw out a same-game parlay for the weekend with our friends over at FanDuel Sports. But that's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll go back to your phone calls in a second here. Do you want the Cowboys? That's the opponent I want for next week. I know I'm in the minority here. Tucker doesn't want the Cowboys. Ray Dittage doesn't want the Cowboys. Tom Kelly doesn't want the Cowboys. Sounds like a pretty good group. I, I, You know what? I respect that group, but you guys are wrong on this one. I want the Cowboys. Give me Dak Prescott. 15 turnovers and 12, 15 interceptions in 12 games. Four straight road games, short week. McCarthy's a dope. Give me all of that. Give me Jerry Jones coming in here. I want the Cowboys next weekend. Are you with me? 215-592-9494. And we'll play explicit history. We'll give you a call, a moment, the 2017 postseason run. You tell us the name that is bleeped out. All right, before we get back to all that in your calls, gotta we, we got to talk about this. So, Nicole Lynn, that, that name, Nicole Lynn, should become, I think will become, you'll hear that a lot on this radio station over the next couple of months. If you don't know who she is, that's Jalen Hurts' agent. Jalen Hurts' agent, her name is Nicole Lynn. I believe she works for Clutch Sports. So Jalen is basically represented by Clutch, but she's his agent and has been, I think since he got drafted. Um, there was a story last year about how proud he is of his team. Uh, his, obviously his agent is Nicole Lynn, but also he has like, you know, social media people that run his accounts, whatever. And they're all women. He, you know, he... Part of his, he wants to empower and women in sports, and and he he's hired a bunch of women to help him um, with all this stuff, including his agent. So today, I thought it was interesting. We we got the All Pro teams named. We'll go over all the Eagles coming up in a little bit. But Jalen Hurts made second team All Pro. Mahomes first team. Jalen Hurts second team. So that in itself is obviously worth noting. And and she. She congratulated her client, Jalen Hurts. She wrote, she tweeted, congrats, Jalen Hurts. So freaking proud of you. Second team all pro is amazing. I don't think that in itself is anything you know crazy noteworthy. But did you notice her next tweet? If you go through her timeline, the next tweet she had this afternoon was, does anyone know where I could get a Brinks truck, please? And then the money bag symbol, urgent. 
So she she puts out there, she's proud of her client, Jalen Hurts, for making second-team All-Pro. I mean, that's a very high honor uh, behind Patrick Mahomes' first team. Jalen Hurts is the second-team All-Pro quarterback. And then, a little while later, does anyone know I can get a Brinks truck? Do we think that was a coincidence? Do we think she was absolutely talking about the Jalen Hurts negotiations, which, I mean, actually could have begun, right? The Eagles could negotiate this as soon as the regular season ends. I, I doubt they're doing it on a playoff week, but... It could be part of the discussion already. Uh, do you think that was a coincidence, her tweets today? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, you think about Jalen Hurts and how calculated he is with everything he says. You don't think he surrounds himself with people who are kind of the similar mindset? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he does. Uh, and I'm sure she um, she is ready for a bring truck to be back up here in this offseason. And for her, and she's a kind of a young agent and a newer NFL agent, uh, I would I would say he's probably her biggest client, and he's certainly the first quarterback client she has. So it's a big negotiation for her. So we'll keep I, – I will remember these when we get to uh, the time where this becomes a hot topic, maybe around uh, March or April with Jalen Hurts' next contract. 215-592-9494. Paul is in Northeast Philadelphia. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you, Joe? Good, Paul. What's on your mind tonight? First of all, he's going to be the highest-paid football player next year. Now, it might only be for a year, but he'll be the highest-paid football player next year. Well, he'll be one of them, right? He's going to – I mean, you would think – and it's kind of the way it works. Whatever, every time a new quarterback gets paid, they're the that's next right. – you know, that's the next one, and then and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, that's it's going right. to be a lot either way, for sure. i got to tell you something, Joe. My son, quarterback, D2 football, nothing to do with it. You know, also a runner. They used to use him as a runner because you get an extra blocker, the whole thing. He had the same exact injury. This injury lasted forever, lasted almost five, six weeks long. And the crazy part about it is when you lidocaine patched him or put any kind of medicine on him and make his muscles numb, he couldn't control how far he threw the ball. See, that, Paul, about- I, I don't know if you heard me a few minutes ago. That's what I was wondering about because that seems like it, it makes sense to numb it, but a quarterback feel is so, so, so important, feel of how That's you're throwing right. the ball. You actually, I rather him with the pain because he can adjust his throws using the pain rather than have it numbed up. And I have a feeling, you know, I just, the only way that they control this right now is take one thing away from him. And I bet you he will not run the ball as much in the first game back in the playoffs. And I hope that's good enough. Yeah, and Paul, it's a really interesting point. Um, and I'm going to remember that as we get closer to next week and how they play this because that's such a big part of his game and their offense. You know, we'll, we'll Joe, see. Yeah. when you take a hit on that shoulder, mm-hmm. when not fully healed, it numbs your arm. And by numbing your arm, it affects your pass. Of course, yeah. I mean, so of what course. they do is they take away from it. Okay, we don't run them then. Yeah, well, but and but that obviously affects the offense. So, but that that's that right. might have to be what it is. So that's interesting, Paul. You ready to play explicit history? Go ahead. I'm not good at it, but go ahead. Ah, uh, you might get it. I, I believe in you. All right, here we go, Paul. A highlight from the 2017 postseason. You tell us the name bleeped out. Here we go. Brady on the gun, third and five. Nickel secondary for the Eagles. Arms outstretched. Handoff goes to White. End around fake. Here goes. Gonna throw to Brady. Brady with the ball right through his hands. Wide open on the 25 yard line on the sideline. Wide open right through his outstretched hands, looking up into the lights and over his shoulder. He drops the pass. Who didn't make that catch, Paul? 
Tom Brady. Oh, you nailed it. See, Paul, you got it. You said you wouldn't get it. You nailed yeah. it. Paul, there we appreciate go. it. I, I appreciate you hopping in and giving us the insight there. So that's interesting. I mean, obviously – not the same athletes, but it's it's similar, right? A, a quarterback in Division Two, same injury, and the numbing agent. And that was my theory about 20 minutes ago, that it would be difficult to throw the football if your shoulder is numb. So here's one thing I was wondering. So this is all conjecture. We don't know exactly how much pain he's in and how it affects him. I didn't think it affected him throwing last week. But again... Did Jalen Hurts actually take a hit on his shoulder last weekend in any way, shape, or form? He didn't. He shied away from it, um, and that was smart. I mean, why why take it in a, in a game you can win without that? I don't think their offense can function well enough to win a playoff game if he doesn't run. I, I don't. Now, does it have to be 17 runs? It doesn't. Uh, but the threat of his legs need to be present, otherwise the offense won't work. I mean, or not to the level we needed to. I mean, they could make some plays. They did last week. But the I don't think they could win a playoff game in the divisional round starting next weekend if his legs are not part of the offense and the other team knows it. Because the Giants knew it, like, within a quarter and a half or so. They were like, wait a second. He's not running today. We could just blitz him off his side. So they have to have the threat of the run to make the run game work, to make the pass game work, especially the red zone. Here's what I'm wondering, though, about how they do this next week. Do we think there's a chance he only runs to his left? Because think about the 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 injury and what we keep hearing. What what, what do we keep hearing? But we had an orthopedic uh, doctor calling a little while ago. We had um, ESPN today talking about how the fear is he gets driven into the ground on that shoulder. So we're talking about the right shoulder. Is it crazy to think that next week he only runs to his left and he invites the contact on the right side of his body? Like, here, hit me in my right rib, hit me in my right hip, and I'll go down on my left shoulder. Do we think there's a chance that to, in order to avoid being driven into the ground on his right shoulder, he only runs left next week? It would be an interesting development because, remember, last year, what was his big weakness? He wouldn't go left. He wouldn't go left. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's doing that, he has to be willing to throw it while he's going left, too, right? He has to be willing to do both. Um I just wonder if okay, let's play it out both ways. Let's say if he if he's naturally has to scramble right, he throws the ball away on those plays or slides on those plays. He doesn't try to get the extra yardage, right? He just he's very cautious if he's going to his right so he doesn't get driven into the ground on his right shoulder. Going left, maybe that's where he takes a few more chances. I'm it's just I'm just thinking out loud here as as we try to figure out how he could play through this and play at a high level and not blow the whole thing out. Which, you know, we a lot of people in Philadelphia want to pretend this is not an issue. It's an issue. We, we could pretend, we could, we could try to say, oh, he'll be fine, he'll tough it out. I'm, I know he'll tough it out. I'd be shocked if he comes off the field next week or even goes into the tent. The question is going to be like, okay, let's say they win next week and they beat the Bucks or the Cowboys or the Seahawks or whoever, and they win the game 23-17, and, and he just fights his way through it. Can he play the next week? Like is, is, or is this thing going to be screwed up more? I, I don't know. But he, they got to try to find a way to get through one week at a time and hopefully all three of these games with him to go win a championship. Cole is in Westchester. Hey, Cole. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, Cole. What are you thinking tonight? You know what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking you're right about the run game, right? I think a big key to success is getting Jalen Hurts running that football again, right? And also using Miles Sanders again. I mean, those are two pro bowlers who – I mean, Miles Sanders definitely, but Jalen Hurts, too, a big contributor to getting to the Pro Bowl is their ability to run that ball, right? I mean, and we really haven't seen that in the past couple of weeks. They've been trying to force that ball downfield, and I think we pride ourselves in being a run-first team, 
for a number of years with that strong O-line and, and always good running backs. But, I mean, we just haven't seen that in the past couple weeks. So we're going into the playoffs with, you know, an identity, but we really haven't proven to, to have that identity still in, in the past couple weeks. What do you think? Yeah, well, they've lost it, Cole. Yeah, they've become – I mean, you think about the last three, four, five weeks, they've become a passing team. You know, they, they've – and I think part of it, Cole, is without Hurts, their run game doesn't – work well enough. I, I don't think they're... It's funny, as good as an offensive line they have, it doesn't feel they're comfortable running the ball unless it's out of the RPO game with Hurts. It's like, without Hurts, the whole thing doesn't function the right way. I mean, you got these guys out there on the edge. Micah Parsons, to name one. That was a key to success against him, right? Keeping him guessing, keeping him going right at him, but with multiple options, right? You can go with Jalen Hurts, you can dump it off on the flat, or you can hand it off to Sanders. So he was always guessing where to go. I mean, that's huge. But, I mean, in the same theme of, of losing our identity, go on the, on the defense, our back end. Slay and Bradbury, two top corners in the league. But we haven't been able to stop a team on third and four. I mean, that Saints game, I was there, man. We couldn't – I feel like every two minutes it was third and four, third and four, third and four, and they just kept converting. And it was similar, Cole, that game. It reminded me of the Washington game they lost, where it was just third and four to Heineke, third and four, and, they, and the, the running back would get three or four yards. Those, those are the most frustrating games, Cole, because you feel like you should be off the field. Like, that team wasn't even that good. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are third downs we got to be converting. And I think someone mentioned earlier, 2017, we were, what, 25% on third down, right? Well, that was the Vikings, actually, the other side, that, oh, that the title Vikings, game. That, yeah, okay, got yeah. It, got but they, I'm sure they were, we can go back and find it. I'm sure they were pretty good on third down because that defense was pretty good. Cole, you want to play some explicit history? You ready? Let's do it. All right, Cole's ready to go. We'll give you a highlight, 2017 playoffs. You tell us the name bleeped out. Here we go. Third down and seven, trailing by one with 225 to go in Super Bowl 52. They're inside the 12 of New England. Shotgun snap, Foles cocks his arm. Easy pass across the middle. Caught in stride. Bobbled. Caught on a deflection touchdown. It's Ertz in the middle. 11-yard touchdown grab on a quick slant. Reeled it in, beating Touchdown, Philadelphia. They've taken the lead with 2.21 to go. Cole, who was the defensive player that Ertz beat for the touchdown? The defensive player Ertz beat for the touchdown? Was that, was that Gilmore? It's a great goal. It's a great guess. I mean, you picked out a, a big-time player on the Patriots over this. It wasn't, though. It was a, it's actually, Cole, we preached a phone call. It's actually a more of a long-term Patriot. And I think— I feel bad putting the wrong—like, that is wrong, but that was a good guess. No, it was a good guess. I mean, he guessed a top corner they've had um, or had. Uh, but this player actually is, is more of a long-term Patriot that he beat, and I think he may have just played his last game. He, it, may, it may be over for this guy. Who I, is he a Hall of Famer? He was almost an eagle. Yes, in free agency. A few years earlier. I think that was during Chip Kelly's time here. There was a rumor that he signed here, and then he went back to the Patriots. Do we think that guy's a Hall of Famer, that we're uh, talking around his name? I don't think so. Is his twin brother a Hall of Famer? No. Are we making it too easy for people? Yeah, I mean, there's no way his brother's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know. I mean, how many? He has 35 interceptions. He's got two Pro Bowls, three championships. Three championships, 35 interceptions. I mean, he, he was one of the faces of the, that defense. Was he the mo- The first run the Patriots had, the first 10 years, right? They had a lot of defensive faces. Bruschi, Harrison, McGinnis, who's in a lot of trouble right now. Seau, right? They had some, they had some great players. Um, Will Fork, who had an awkward moment on the Dan Levitard show yesterday. The second half of their run, they didn't have as many defensive like staples, guys kind of moved in and out. He was it. So the guy that I would compare him to, 
and he has more interceptions than this guy, is Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. The only difference is he played for one team his entire career, and Jenkins moved around. And he won multiple titles. Right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he was like the Patriots. Well, Jenkins Jen- won, too. Right, you're right about that. Uh, he was the Patriots Jenkins. That That's what he was. I think he's got a... Ch- I think he has a case for the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure he's actually going to make it, but I do think he has a case. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard here on this Friday night. And I want the Cowboys. And I... I, I think about all the matchups that are possible, you know, for next weekend. The Seahawks are nine and a half point underdogs tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, I know it's going to be rainy, and I, I think there's a, a chance because it's a divisional game they'll keep it close-ish and have a shot. You know, especially if if there's weird fumbles or interceptions because the ball's slipping over his hands. But I, I I do find it hard to believe that they're going to win. As for the Giants, they become the trendy pick. I always think when everyone's on something, it's like I, I don't know. Now that everyone thinks it's going to happen. I think Minnesota certainly could beat the Giants uh, on Sunday. I think this is coming down to Tampa Bay and Dallas. Monday night, Monday night football, prime time, and we're going to be watching locked in because the winner of that game is going to come here next weekend. And if I have my choice between Tampa Bay and Dallas, it is a no-brainer for me. I'm taking Dallas. Give me da- give me Dallas here next weekend for a bunch of reasons. Number one, Dak Prescott. Like, in no world – in no world, and I don't care that Tom Brady's declined from where he was even a year ago, in no world do I feel more comfortable going up against Tom Brady than I do Dak Prescott. And and you tell me all you want about Dak's had success against the Eagles. He has, right? He's had an, In his career, he's played some good games against the Eagles, including just four or five weeks ago. But Dak Prescott has become a turnover machine this season. 15 interceptions in 12 games. Led the NFL in interception percentage. Remember, he missed a lot of time, and yet he's still... Tie for the league lead interceptions. I mean, that that I kick that out of my head. Bring him here against this defense, this pass rush. He will give the football away. McCarthy's not going to out-scheme anyone. It'll be their fourth straight road game. It'll be on grass where they're 1-4 and four this season. And I, I keep going back to, for as great of a year as this has been, and it's been a really great year, There's it's lacked some sizzle. There hasn't been the big game we've gotten up for they've actually won. What's the biggest game that we've been up for that they won? Right, the Dallas game they lost. Um, the Minnesota uh, they won't beat Minnesota in week two, but I don't know if like we were really revved up yet at that point. That Minnesota game reminds me of the Thursday night when they had over Carolina in 2017. Well, we realized they were good. Like in the moment, it was a good win, but I think retroactively we went back and like, see, that was the point we knew, and I don't know if it really was. So, but I don't know if they've even really had one. Like, what's the the win? Like, they've had some impressive wins, right? The, they, the way they came back and finished the Colts game. Nice, but that Colts team stinks. I think we made the Titans game out to be something, but they actually stunk at the end anyway. Like in retrospect, was that really that? Like what? Yeah, I mean they went seven and one against teams over five hundred, and yep. I don't know. Like you beat Detroit, you beat Minnesota, you beat Jacksonville. Obviously Dallas with Cooper Rush, Pittsburgh. No one really got excited about Mm-mm. Green Bay. No one got excited about Tennessee. Didn't matter. The first Giants game felt ho hum. And then you lost to Dallas on Christmas. Like, none of your wins were hotly anticipated. No, that's it. that's it. Like, we weren't revved up as a fan base for really any of those games. Like, we kind of talked our way into, oh, this is a big one. We got to win. But, like, really, other than Dallas on Christmas Eve, this season has lacked matchup sizzle heading into a game. You know what will not lack matchup sizzle? The Cowboys coming to Philadelphia next Sunday. That will be the most anticipated football game at Lincoln Financial Field I think since the NFC Championship game, we're playing some of the highlights tonight. Like, do you think there's been a game, like if it's Dallas, 
that will be as hyped up. Well, they've only had one home playoff game since then, and that was the Wentz game. Right, that was Seattle, and that team was nine and seven. Right, like as much as we were hoping, like you know, they weren't that good. I and mean, we had a playoff bus or a van or something, or our bus. What do we do? Do we what do we do? We get the bus back out for the trip to Arizona. I mean, we might. Well, I mean, like if they go, how are we getting there? Is the question. Like I'm asking, have uh, Rod Lakin ride shotgun? He knows how to get there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, back in the day, I mean, we used to rev up the bus and get it ready for the trips in the playoffs. This year, they have home field advantage. It's a little different. I think at one point we put the bus in the parking lot with you tailgating for the home game. For the home game against Seattle. Against Seattle, it didn't yeah. didn't go that well. No, it, it actually did. We also had a, we we had a crash at some point, didn't we? It went over. It's gone over a cliff a few times. Yeah, that, well, that happens once in a while. Because remember, it was commandeered by someone else here and became the Flyers' playoff bus. Oh yeah, that that bothered me a little bit. It was that was that was the evening show playoff bus. Yeah, and it, it bothered me because no one asked me about it. It just was just ripped from me. <laughs> I mean, that was mine. I mean, you made it on on would, what would you, on Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't exactly like. I mean, did it take like twenty minutes? Yeah, but you know, you can ask. Yeah, so you I, steal my intellectual property. That's exactly what it was. We, we our, our intellectual property ideas were stolen. Now, if if they had, if someone had asked, when we would have shared. It's just a, it's just a drawing Tucker made on a computer. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna have to rev the bus back up to trip to Arizona for the Super Bowl. We don't need to for these games. But my point being, as I get off on a, a tangent about a drawing Tucker made four, three or four years ago, the tangent I'm getting off on. Let's get back to the point. There hasn't been a game here in Philadelphia that we would be have been revved up for in a very long time. Like, I mean, if it's the Cowboys, all week long will feel like a, a, a pregame show. Like, we'll have a week-long pregame show for the Cowboys. That's that's the game I want. That's the, the kind of high-profile, anticipated, like, yeah, all right, they play the Seahawks, we'll get excited, it's a playoff game, they'll beat them, cool. Play the Giants, yeah, okay, the Giants are, are decent now, but... I, that juice for that, you know, with Richie James and whoever the other receiver are, I, I I just can't get all jacked up for that. But if it is the Bucks, okay, it's the goat coming in. It's Tom Brady, the team that knocked the Eagles out a year ago. I I kind of see the the anticipation for that one, even though that team is eight and nine this year. But if it's the Cowboys, boy, Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and I do think I'm not worried about the matchup. Yeah, they had a nice season. They're also leaking oil right now. Injuries a corner. They their fourth straight road game. They have a short week as a Monday night game, and then be terrible on grass. Like that of all the matchups, that is the one that I want for next weekend. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's say hopboard on this uh, Friday night. Big eight o'clock hour coming up here on the show. We got a lot to do. So NFL picks. We will guess the takes for Wild Card Weekend. Um, should we try to guess the division around matchups? We were 0 for 6 last week. I mean, we can't do any worse. That's we can't right. embarrass ourselves further. Nowhere to go but up. We'll try to guess times and matchups for division around weekend in the NFL. And we're going to be joined by our, our buddy Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated. Covers the NFL there. We'll talk to him about this Wild Card Weekend, the matchups, and his thoughts on the Eagles. You know, Is he worried here? about the Jalen Hurts injury and about the way it's really being framed by them nationally. You got ESPN talking about, uh uh-oh, one more hit. He's in big trouble here. We'll get Connor Orr's thoughts on that. And uh, and we also have to talk about the all-pro selections for the Eagles. We know Jalen Hurts was second-team all-pro, which is an incredible accomplishment, the first quarterback of that 2020 class to make any all-pro team, which is – it's kind of crazy because the other ones were, you know, at least two of them 
were high, you know, more highly thought of uh, after the last couple seasons. I mean, just by a lot. I mean, that that's the way it was. And yet he's the first one to make first or second team all pro. So we'll talk about that and, and really what it means for a couple guys in this team, including Jason Kelsey. That's coming up. Your phone calls on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays, from now through January 16th, all customers can get up to $100 of free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay bets plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. All right, let's pick put one together here. I'm going to go anytime touchdown score, Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills. Anytime touchdown score, Tyler Boyd for the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's go over rushing yards for Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. Build your own or choose one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose, when you sign up with promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the FanDuel app. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 